God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out His Spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promised outpouring and we equip for that outpouring so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We have Shirley Smith with us again. She was with us last time talking about the high cost of unforgiveness. And today she's going to talk about the power to release offenses. Welcome to the podcast today. We want to invite you to go to our website, globaloutpouring.org, and have a look around and see all the good things that we have available to you, the resources, the, the bookstore, and the links to our Facebook page and our YouTube channel where you can find lots of good anointed material that'll help you grow in the things of God. If you're hungry for deeper things, this is a good resource for you. And you can subscribe to our mailing list there. There's a green button that says subscribe on it. You can sign up for our email blasts and We'll keep you notified of events that we're having that are coming up. By the way, we have an event coming up in March that you might be interested in. It's called the School of the Supernatural Translation by Faith with Bruce Allen and his wife Reshma and with uh, Michael Van Vlyman and his wife Gordana. So we're looking forward so much to that opportunity to get into some of the deeper things of God and move and grow into the things that God has for his children in his kingdom. So we want to just invite you to go to that website and check things out. And we also want to invite you to respond to this podcast because there are things that you're going to hear on this podcast that can be life-changing for you. If you have had a situation in your life that you feel connected, you, you're, something resonates with you in, in what we're going to talk about today, sit down and write that out. Write out what, what God has done, or, or perhaps it's a, a prayer request that you need to, to reach out to us to pray with you, and we're going to see to it that we pray and that we bring what the Holy Spirit gives for, for you. Our email address is feedback at globaloutpouring.org. So we definitely want to hear from you, and if there's anything that you are feeling you want more teaching on, let us know, and we'll just take that to the Holy Spirit and see what he gives us to give to you. We have Shirley Smith with us again, and she suffered cancer unexpectedly. She was She's a woman of faith. In spite of the fact that there was cancer in her family, she was absolutely determined it wasn't going to get to her, and then lo and behold, it did. But the Lord showed her that it was because of the high cost of unforgiveness. So Shirley, tell us what happened with this cancer this cancer situation. situation. Dr. Dale Fuller was my gynecologist, and he, he said it was just tumors on every organ wow. in your body. Wow. Mm. He said it was not one, pl- not one organ in your body. It wasn't wrapped up in tumors. So I have this diagnosis, and, um, and then this, here comes this doctor wanting to do chemo and, because I had less than, less than six months to live. And so he double dosed me on that, and it just burnt. It just burnt me up. 
I'm trying, you know, that is 20, what, three years ago now. Glory to God. I have to pull this all back up in my memory. It's been so long ago. But anyway, so, and so um, the Lord began to speak a lot of things to me. And he said, um, if you want to live, you have to reconcile with your son-in-law and your mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know, I will try again. The Lord went on to talk to me about it. He said, I want you to change the way that you eat. I want you to start eating healthy. He said, cancer is not big. That's right. I am big. Beautiful. And I thought the I am spoke. So then he said, I want you to come to the communion table daily. And I said, I don't want to do that. I don't like communion. I don't understand communion. I'm scared of communion. I always have been. They always tell me if you drink unworthily, you drink death and some die. And I've already got a death sentence. Wow. Lord said, you come daily. I said, mm-hmm. I'll try. I, I came here and I was scared to death of communion. I started into communion and I would just... Take communion, leave. Take communion. I did what you said, and then one day I kind of got comfortable. I thought, well, I'm, and so I would stay a little longer mm-hmm. and a little longer each time. This was every day, just to make a long story short. In this, because this was five and a half months that I did this. One day I was going through some things, and and I was thinking about people and repenting about things, and the Lord brought something up to me, and I said, now listen, I already repented over that. I took care of that. He's talking about my mother-in-law. And I said, I apologize for my part in that, for what I said or what I did, because she and I were at odds all the time. And uh, and the Lord said, yes, you did. I said, well, why are you bringing that up? God talks to me just like I'm, I talk to him, you know. Mm-hmm. I said, so why are you bringing that up? He said, do, do you still hurt because of what she did? And I said, well, yeah. He said, you forgave, but you did not release the offense. Oh. That was the key. Yeah. Wow. That was a key I didn't have. Yes. And I said, well, how do you do that? I don't know how to do that. And the Lord didn't answer me. I said, so I asked him three times. I got louder each time. And and finally he said, he said, and I had the communion cup. I had my cup in my hand, you know, and I said, I ask you, how do you do it? And he's just quietly answered me through the cup in your hand. I went, what? Okay, you said that by my faith in the power of the communion cup, I can release all these offenses because I had many. Mm-hmm. And from way back when, because he knew I believed in the power of the blood. Right. That my faith in the power of the blood here, I can release all these offenses and memories and hurts and wounds. That's what you're telling me. It's right. It's what you're telling me. And he said, yes. I said, okay, I got it. I got it. So I lift the cup up, you know, and I said, Father, in Jesus' name, by my faith in the power of the blood here, I release all offenses. And he said, no. I went, what are you, what? You just told me that. He said, what are you releasing? I said, I just told you I release everything. He said, no. Name the person, name the offense. Oh, Oh, Lord Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) So I spent three months longer every day. And he took me way back to when I was just a little girl. And, you know, detailed things that had happened to me. Hmm. 
and words spoken to me mm-hmm. uh, that was wounding to me and things I'd seen happen in my home that was with my mom that was wounding to me and I did you know just a lot of things teachers and the teachers back in the school you know because mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't the best student because I talked too much and um, <laughs> I can't imagine that <laughs> <laughs> really in fact one of the things that I had just stuffed was when I was in the third grade I got a spanking in front of the whole class for talking because oh. she told me not to talk so many times and I just couldn't stop talking and I got a spanking and in front of the whole class. That was Uh-oh. so humiliating. Sure. So that was in there mm-hmm. that God brought up that we got rid of, and just what just things that you wouldn't even think about. And things that happened in school, things that happened when you were teachers, with neighbors, with friends, with family, with your employers, with bosses, with people you work with. You know, your whole life. Wow. Mm-hmm. God was dealing with everything in my life. So this is what we dealt with, and just one by one, one by one, and I could just feel things breaking off, wow. breaking off, breaking off. Then I couldn't wait to get to communion. I was so excited. I get, oh, boy, I'm going to get freer, you know? And um, and I would just tuck it over. And some of them I just sobbed out. Some were so painful, I just sobbed out, but I forgave through the power of the blood. So if And you it, released the offenses. Yes, release the offenses. That's, that is such an important message that it's not enough just to forgive. You also have to release the offenses. Right, right. I forgive them for what they said. I forgive them for the wounding it did to me and how it changed my self-image. Mm-hmm. All of those offenses that are wounded us emotionally. Mm-hmm. And... And then I asked for forgiveness for things I had said to people in Dunn because I was always a fighter all my life. <laughs> and um, and the Lord just, I remember one time I said, I was reading how women are supposed to be meek and quiet and nice and all this stuff, you know. <laughs> and I said, God, I can't do that. I, I, I've never been that way. I, I, I can't be like those meek, quiet women. And I don't know what to do. And he said, I'm not going to change everything about you. I am just going to rechannel things in you. And he said, I'm not going to change your personality. I I thought he was wanting to change my personality. And he said, I'm not going to do all that. But let me, if I've got time here, I want to really put into this something I had learned before I got to this problem in my, this illness in my life that helped put me over how I learned to trust the Lord. Mm-hmm. in this is when I was um, growing up my mother would tell me you're hateful despicable despisable contemptible and rebellious just like your father it was yeah. a song that she would sing mm. I mean over and over and over I heard that until I was hateful despicable despisable and contemptible and rebellious just mm. like she said I was programmed Wow. You know, her words programmed you. Absolutely. You really weren't that. No. You had uh-uh. the potential to be. Yeah, everybody does. Right. But yes. But her words formed it into you. That's how yes. powerful our words are. Oh, exactly. Uh-huh. And parents, you need to remember this that when you're speaking to your children, you're shaping their self image. Mm-hmm. And it takes a long time. A lot of healing, a lot of time for... That's why a lot of drug addicts are like they are. Mm-hmm. A lot of alcoholics are like that. They're, they've been told they're no good. They don't measure up. 
Mm-hmm. And they're not worthy. Mm-hmm. And and they just lean on something else to feel good about themselves. Yeah, take away the pain temporarily at least. Exactly. And so it's so important that you think about what you're saying before you say it. And if you do say it, you need to repent to your child and apologize and say, I'm sorry, I was upset, I was aggravated, I was angry, I was tired, whatever. And I just ask you to forgive me for saying that to you. You need to do that because it shapes your your children. And and it'll come back on you when they get older, believe me. They'll Mm -hmm. turn that because it, it will harden their hearts towards you. Because she don't love me, she doesn't like me, mm-hmm. because of what she's always said to me, mm-hmm. or he said to me. So I had this self-image that that I was like that. And so one day when I really, really began to turn my life over to God, I learned to fast. And I didn't know anything about fasting, but I learned to fast. I learned from the radio, from somebody teaching on the radio. I didn't hear it from a church. They didn't talk about it. And, and so I started fasting, and... Um, one day the Lord said to me, I want you to get the mirror. And I said, a mirror? And he said, get a mirror. So I went and got the mirror. He said, I want you to look in that mirror and say, uh, I love myself. Hmm. And I said, I don't. <laughs> and he said, I want you to say you love yourself. I said, I don't. He said, you say it until you do. <laughs> Just like your father would have said to you. Really? When he was training you. Yes. So I said it over and over and over. And finally he said, now say God loves me. I said, no, he does not. He cannot love me like I am. No. Mm -mm -mm." He said, say it. So that's just the way God's always dealt with me. We just, Mm -hmm. we go face to face, you know, Mm -hmm. in situations. And so uh, finally I got to where I could say God loves me. And then he said, now say, God loves me just like I am. I went, no, he could never love me like I am. I am a mess. And then I would get, I'm hateful, despicable, responsible. And you still have that, that mm. image there. Wow. And the Lord said, no, you you are my daughter. Yeah. You are nothing like what your mother had said to you. And then he began to tell me who I was through the word and what I was to him and how I was honest with him and how I would even question him that i might get more understanding from him mm-hmm. and uh, that we came and reasoned together he said mm-hmm. come let us reason together you sins be as scarlet he said you come to me with honesty with open heart and you come and you reason with me i even argued with him but he said you reason with me so that you have a better understanding of me and understanding of you and through your word beautiful mm-hmm. so that's what we did so all of that had already taken place. Um, oh, but anyway, because he said, so say that you that God loves me like I am. And we argued for a while. And finally, uh, he said, but he's going to, but I'm going to change you. I'm going to change you. And I'm going to bring you through the fire. Mm. And then he said, I'm going to bring some gold out in your life. Mm. And I didn't understand all that. But at the time, you know, I did years later. But anyway, I submitted to it because God, I was getting he, some healing then. So now I am years later, and God is beginning to speak to me again, like he was speaking to me in those days on a one-on-one basis. And he was telling me that I had to forgive all of these offenses and things that I was coming through during the charismatic days, a lot of that was, when the denominations didn't understand the moving of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I didn't either. I was just following. And so, uh, and then just 
things that went through at school, on, you know, with kids at school, comments they'd make. Or fi- I was always in the principal's office for fighting <laughs> on the ground during recess or during school or something. You know, I just I was an angry person, mm-hmm. very angry person. And fighting was almost a seven-day-a-week thing. Sometimes there was fights in my home every day of the week. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, that's all I knew growing up. And so you take on those kind of patterns in your life. So here I am at the point of repenting for, for those things and allowing the Lord to heal me of those. And then one day he said, I want to sh- take you on a tour through your spiritual house. And I said, I didn't know I had one. And he said, I want to take you on a tour. And so I said, okay. So he took me in a vision, and he was leading me and took me into this house. He took me into this room, and he showed me this furniture that was had these deep carvings, beautiful carvings in it, you know, real ornate. And I said, oh, that's beautiful, yeah. So he took me to another room and another room, and, and then showing me all this. all the Everything was the finest of woods, mahogany and pecan and, mm. you know, just the finest of woods. And they were all carved. Then he and he took me in a room and he showed me a chair, that it was it was carved on the left side. This this arm was carved. This leg was carved. This part of the back was carved. But the right side was not carved and the leg was not carved. And the chisel and the hammer lay in the chair. Hmm. And I said, "Well, what happened here? You didn't even finish that. You didn't finish carving that. Why didn't you carve that?" He said, uh, "You didn't allow me to." Oh, my. Yeah. I said, what do you mean? He said, you drew back from me. I said, what are you talking about? And he said, these carvings is my deep dealings in your life. Oh, Mm. my. Yes, that's the deep dealings I've done in your life and your heart. And he said, when I got to this particular thing, you would not let me go any further. So that's why that's not finished. So I said, okay. So, so what else you got? And so we walked down the hallway and he went up to this door. And I, so he leads me through this whole thing. And so he leads, he leads me to this door. He didn't go in. I said, well, what's in there? He said, you've never invited me in there. (laughs) I went, okay. So we walked down. That was my son in law. Uh-huh. Mm. So we walked down to the next door, and he didn't go in. I said, well, what's in there? He said, you never allowed me in there. Mm. I've never gone in. You've never allowed me in there as the mother-in-law. Yeah, I was thinking that was your mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I said, wow. okay. So anyway, we go on down the hallway, and then he said, and then he took me in this ballroom, this huge ballroom, full, just filled with Shekinah. Mm-hmm. Just the Shekinah glory was in this room. And there was a lot of people in there. I don't know who they were. I couldn't see faces. I could just see the outline of people. And they were just covered in the glory. And then they had these silver and gold, like laser beams, was flashing in this room. And I said, well, what is all of this, Lord? And he said, this is my glory. And when I'm finished with you, I'm going to bring you into it. Mm. And so I didn't experience that uh, until 
oh, probably five or six or so years later than when I went to the Philippines the first time. And that was an incredible experience there. And we So that saw, was after you had the cancer experience? Uh-huh. Wow. Then I went to the Philippines. And then we saw the Shekinah three days and three nights. Hmm. Wow. In our meetings. It was a glory cloud. It was no, wait, wait, wait. You, you had this you had this visitate this vision where he took you through the house. Mm-hmm. When was that? And while he was dealing with your cancer. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. So yes. then you saw the result of it when yes. you went to the Philippines yeah, five I or saw six years what he, later. Yeah, what he showed me, I saw it in the Philippines. Wow, glory yeah. to God. It was amazing. Amazing. Oh. Mm. So so we can we can understand that during this process of going to the communion table day by day, that you let the Lord into those rooms. Oh yes. Hmm. yes. And day by day you dealt with offenses and day by day. Release them. Releasing them. Release them. I just say, Father, by faith and the power of your blood represented, I release this offense. I release this memory. Yes. I release this abuse. Mm-hmm. I just release, release. And I could just feel shackles. I can just feel things breaking off of me. Mm-hmm. And, and I couldn't wait to get to communion then the next day because I'm yeah. thinking, we're going to do some more. You know? <laughs> and he didn't do it all at once. No, no, no. no. Was, well, five and a half months. Yeah. yeah. Five and a half months. Mm-hmm. And what happened to you physically in those five and a half months? I was totally healed. Glory wow, to God. God. Totally healed. <laughs> what did your wow. doctor say then? Well, um, my doctor, he was so special. I went back for another, uh, for another, like a visit with my uh, my gynecologist. He said, "Oh, his eyes was real big." He said, "Oh my lord, what happened to you?" He said, "The last time I saw you, you looked like death warmed over. You looked like the picture of health. What happened to you?" I said, "You wouldn't believe it if I told you." <laughs> and he said, well, tell me anyway. And I said, but you're not going to believe it. He said, well, tell me anyway. I, I can't believe the way you look. Tell me anyway. Because I was bald head the last time he saw me, and I was mm-hmm. yellow, just yellow. Yeah. And just He didn't thick, expect skin. to ever see you again. Oh, uh, not at all. He was expecting to see your obituary in the paper. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, he he was just in shock. And, <laughs> and so I said, well, you would not. He said, well, Sit down, sit down and tell me anyway. So I sat down and I told him what I've just told you. He said, well, that's a, a awesome story, but they always have the but. He said, but if you have cancer, still have cancer in your body, it'll show up in your blood. Hmm. I said, hey, take my blood. So he did. He said, come back in two weeks. <laughs> You're only supposed to take it like every six months, you right. know. When you're, in, I went back. I was I like a pincushion. He had me coming back and coming back. And, <laughs> I said, "This is not for me. I know I'm healed. This is for you." Mm-hmm. He said, "Yeah, this is for me." Wow! And he kept checking my blood and checking my blood. He just couldn't comprehend that wow. I was healthy and I was alive. Mm-hmm. And my my count was eight. The cancer cell. Count. I mean, you go from eight to from 8 to 35 is okay. Beyond 35, you've got cells developing in your blood. Mm. And I'm 8. I wow. stay on 8. Wow. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> it's because now you know to keep short accounts. Yes, there you go. Short, hey, that's true. Yeah. Short account. Let it go. Don't keep it. Let it go. Yeah. Wow. Doesn't matter how it hurts or how, how it's re- 
repeated, let it go. Mm-hmm. You have to remember that the enemy is the one that's trying to get you back down or yeah. hold you down. Yeah. And he'll use anybody and anything to do that with. Mm-hmm. Any little comment, any little slight, mm-hmm. a- anything. Um, he knows your personality, and he knows your your temperament. He knows how it is if easy how easy it is for you to be hurt or not hurt. Mm-hmm. He knows exactly when to send somebody to say something, yeah, to pull you down. Yeah, and his object is to keep you from being what God sent you to this planet to be, which is a part of His plan to undo the darkness. Yes, and God has used you in that in that way powerfully and that's why the devil has fought you so hard all your life right from the beginning (laughs) right from when that doctor threw you on the bed yeah cursed you with with death and and, Mm -hmm. but because because uh the devil had a plan sure to to try and over he had an agenda to try and overturn god's plan but he's not been successful in Mm. your life So what was your conversation with your oncologist? Well, after I did what he asked me to do, I took the, the, chemo, the chemo treatment with the Toxol, and, and I had this really adverse reaction to that, and uh, he wanted me to take a second treatment. No, I was here, I guess, and I wasn't completely through everything, my healing yet, and I went, went back, and so I went to visit him. So what I did was I called the hospital and canceled my, my bed. I called the... I called everything that is involved with you having a second treatment, and I canceled everything mm-hmm. on my own. Mm-hmm. And so then I called his office and said, I've canceled everything. I'm not having a second treatment. And mm-hmm. she said, well, you can't do that. I said, I just did. <laughs> and uh, she said, well, you'll have to see the doctor. I said, yes, uh, give me an appointment. And so she gave me an appointment. So I went in, and my the fighter foster... arises arises again. <laughs> so my foster daughter goes with me, and we anointed the room before well, I was waiting on the doctor to come in because I w- I wanted to not lose it. And uh, so we anointed him, and prayed, and so he comes in, and he's he's real loud and real boisterous and rude, yeah. just really downright rude. And that's the only way I know to describe him. And others <laughs> describe him the same way. And so he came in, you know, and he said, real loud, well, how are you doing? I said, well, I almost died while you was gone, and your associate, you know, put me back in the hospital and flushed me. And he said, he said, oh, surely that was just a part of it. That's just a part of chemo. It was nothing. It didn't happen to him. Yeah, right. Yeah. to me. You know, that ticked me off right there because he had no <laughs> compassion at all that, that I had just felt like it nearly burnt me up. And uh, so then he said, uh, well, guess where I've been? I said, I know you weren't here when I almost died. And he said, no, I've been to Mayo Clinic where we talked about the best treatment for ovarian cancer, which was Toxol and Cisplatinum. And I said, yes, but it almost killed me. And uh, so he said, uh, well, you know, and he put his hand on his hip like this and pointed that finger at me. Mm, uh, you don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't do that to Shirley. <laughs> yeah, he just pointed that finger at me. I said, hey, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. He said something. If you don't take this, you're going to die. If you don't take this other trip, you're going to die. I said, hey, hold it right there. I will tell you something about death. I said, do you believe in the Word of God? He was a Catholic man. I didn't know what he was. And he said, he thought, I said, you do or you don't? Did you believe in the Word of God? He said, "Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I said, okay. Let me tell you what the Word says. The Word says, 
precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his saints, number one, okay? It says, it's appointed unto man once to die. The other thing I said to him was, when I die, I'm just going to step out of this body, and I'm going to step into my eternal body. What is the problem with that? And he said, well, I said, no, I'm not through. <laughs> and so I said, uh, and he kept telling me, you know, that I wasn't going to live if I if I didn't do the other treatment. And so I kept quoting scriptures to him that precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his saints. And uh, he said that I said, bottom line, listen to me. The scripture says it's appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment. Now, you're not God. You might think you are, but you're not. And you cannot stand there and tell me I have six months to live because you don't know. Mm-hmm. How long I have to live? It's an appointed time, and you don't appoint that. He does. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and he said, "Oh, Shirley, come see me sometimes. <laughs> come see me sometimes. Yeah, yeah I can just see." He was getting nowhere with that. <laughs> and so then he came up and he put his arm around me and he said, Shirley, we love you and we want to help you. I said, yeah, you want to half kill me trying to help me. Yeah, I know. And he said, I said, you know what you're going to do? You want to give me another treatment to knock out my immune system. So whenever this was like in August or so or September, I said, so when the flu comes a few months from now, I'll get the flu and I'll die with pneumonia. And you don't have to feel guilty about me dying with cancer. Mm. Oh my! <laughs> oh, Shirley! <laughs> and he just left now, the room. Now wait a minute. Everybody needs to understand that you're a nurse. Yes, I'm a nurse. Yeah. yeah. So, so you understood some of this medical stuff that mm-hmm. the that the average person doesn't. Yeah. You've seen enough. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and that is true. They knock out your immune system, mm-hmm. and then you get the flu, and you get pneumonia, and then you die. Right. And then you don't have to feel guilty about me dying from your can- uh, from cancer with your treatments. Yeah. Yeah. So he left. <laughs> so then what happened? I mean, did did you then see him later after you were well? Have not seen him since. <gasps> oh, really? Oh, it, it might be good to knock on his door. Well, he Do died you? a few oh, few he years ago. <laughs> he died. <laughs> he died a few years ago because my gynecologist was in the same building that he was in. Oh, my. And he said he would always ask me, how's Miss Smith doing? I said, oh, so she's doing great. She's going to the nations. She's doing Because my doctor would always give me 30 minutes extra when I come to see him. <laughs> and he'd say, tell me where you've been and what you've been doing, you know. Oh. So I'd tell him about all my mission trips. Huh. Oh, and so then goodness. he tell the he tell the uh, the gynecologist the oncologist yeah she's in the mission field she's doing the work of the Lord. I hope that changed his life. I do too. For you to well, confront you know, him like that, yeah. I, not everybody's willing to do that. Really, I mean, you know, the man <laughs> almost killed me. Right. You know, uh, but I did learn, and I and I, he was. I had to repent over him when I came here to pray and sure. I mean, to go through the healing. Yeah, I had to I had to repent on that doctor. Um and so what happened with him was his mother had breast cancer and he couldn't save her. And she died and he felt very guilty. Because the nurses told me that he would he went outside in the hallway and just lost he every time he would lose a patient, he would cry and cry and cry. Why am I losing these patients? Why are they dying? Why are they dying? Because he was overdosing everybody trying to save them. Wow. So he was killing them with chemo. Yeah. Trying to save trying them. Trying to save killing. them. Yeah. Right. Let's and just use a little more. Maybe it'll help. Yeah. 
And then his his best friend was uh, they did safaris together, and he took leukemia, and he couldn't help him, and he died. So he had this guilt mm. that he had lost his mom and his best friend to cancer. Wow. wow. So he's angry with cancer, so he wants to stamp it out. Mm-hmm. But he stamps the people out in the process. Yeah. He wasn't and leaning wonders, on the Lord. Yeah. So I forgave him. I hope that, that what you told him gave him some inclination and, and what, what your doctor told him, your your gynecologist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that it changed his life. Yeah, eternity yeah. will tell. Yeah. Yeah. My doctor called me in when he retired, my gynecologist. And he said, I want to tell you, out of 30-some years I'm practicing, because he delivers babies, you know, mm-hmm. he's basically what he does. But he's, and he, well, he does women too, but other problems. But anyway, he said, out of my 30-some years, you've been the most outstanding, phenomenal patient I've ever had. Wow. And I said, but you know, and I know, it was all God. And he said, yes, I know. And, you know, he wrote in my book that I was a miracle of God. He calls me his miracle lady. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So we just want to encourage our listeners to go to our website, globaloutpouring.org. Go to the bookstore where, where it says, click on where it says shop and uh, go look for Shirley Smith's book. High Cost of Unforgiveness. The High Cost of Unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. It will be life changing for you. And you can share it with other people who are suffering with cancer mm-hmm. uh, or other things in their lives that come as a result. You know, we, we leave open doors yeah. Yeah. when we don't forgive. And, and it gives the devil a place to put his spear. Exactly. So, you know, let's close all those doors and, and live our lives to the and Lord. And what Jesus said, and he told me, that was one thing I forgot to share. When I was asking about it, he said, I said, can you give me scripture where you were tempted? He said, just before I went to the cross, he said, the prince of this world cometh, but he mm-hmm. finds nothing in me. That's right. Yeah. He finds nothing in me. And he said he came to you and he found things in you. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's why he had access to you. Right. Right. So remember that. That's what gives him access to us is unforgiveness. It's true. It's mm-hmm. true. That'll give him access. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Would you please pray for our listeners Yes. to get that for their lives and to over to be able to overcome and to release the mm-hmm. the hurts and the and yes. the offenses. Right. Well, you know, Father, we've already stated what I've done and what you've brought me through and I've been healed what twenty three years now. My blood is still clean and clear. I'm still healthy. I'm still on on the field, on the mission field. It's all been your doings, but it's been also concerned my obedience. And so, Lord, you call us all to repentance, mm-hmm. every one of us. Yes. And and we think we don't want to be accused if we have to repent, mm-hmm. but it's for our benefit. It's for our healing. It's for our restoration. It's for our advancement that we need to repent, that we need to confess, yes. that we need to make things right with people. Even if we were offended or wounded in that, we still need to make things right with people because they're not in the place of knowing you like we are. And Lord, it really rests on us that we need to make the first move to make to clear up the offenses that's there. 
So, Father, I ask you to give them the desire to do that. Yes, Lord. And give them the strength to do that and give them the opportunity to do that, Mm -hmm. that you would clear everything away that would be hindering any schedule, uh, Father, or any people that would be there that they would be uncomfortable with. Just make it between you and them. And so, Father, I just ask that you um, help them to just make a list of things that, of offenses that they have come through, maybe from the time they were real little. Lord, you know what they were, and you just, we're asking Holy Spirit, you quicken those back to them. Yes. And we ask, Lord, that they would be honest enough to say, oh, that was okay. was not okay. was not okay. It was a wound. It was a hurt. It was an offense. I did feel rejected. You could be honest with yourself and honest with God, or you're not ever going to get anywhere. You'll just stay bound just like you are. So if I'm asking, Lord, that you help them to be honest, brutally honest with mm-hmm. themselves and not try to cover their sins and push them underneath the carpet. Or because you see, you know everything that's in our heart. We can hide nothing from you. Nothing. You saw it when it happened. You heard it. And you saw the wound that took place because of it. And so, Lord, you know it's there. So I'm asking you to bring that to the surface, out of their subconscious, into their conscious mind, Lord, Mm -hmm. that they can have a clear remembrance of that, that they can pray and release that, that they can become whole and be healed, Lord, like you have provided for all of us to be, that we can be whole and be healed. That is what you come to do. Yes, uh, you. for your people, Lord. And so you're still in the saving business, the healing yes. business, the cleansing yes. business. Amen. And God, you just like you were when you, you walked the earth, that you are still there today to that same healing and restoration. And Father, I pray that you begin to give them a, a new revelation of the power of the blood of Jesus, yes. that it's not just a little uh, juice that we drink or we mm-hmm. take, Lord, but we are speaking life mm, into our own yes. bodies, Lord. Life, it is the resurrection power. And God, we can say we are going to live and not die and declare your works, Lord. That is yes, your word. Yes. And that is what you brought into my life, that you brought life into me. Yes, life. Yes. Oh, thank, thank you, you Jesus. You brought redemption into me. Yes. And Lord, you're no respecter of persons. Mm-hmm. And you can do this for anybody, everybody that is willing to be honest, brutally honest, painfully honest. Yes. God, it hurts to be honest because we we want to see ourselves in a certain light or a certain image of ourselves, and it's not always that way. Mm-hmm. And so, Father, I just ask that you have to be brutally honest with themselves. And if they allow the Holy Spirit to speak to them through the Word or through prayer, yes. Father, I pray also that you would call us to prayer or yes. Be a strong calling back to prayer, God. We have left you. We have left the altars. We have left our our time of fellowshipping with you, and that is the times that you speak to us. And for those who don't believe God can speak to you, I just ask, Lord, that you open up their understanding to know that God can speak. He does, but he's the Father. Mm -hmm. He's our Father. He speaks to us. He speaks through the Word. And if we get close enough and open enough and honest enough, he'll speak to our spirit, man. Mm -hmm. And so, Lord, I pray that you would open their hearts and their minds to receive, Lord, all that they need to set them free. And bring them out of the prison houses of the bondages that they're in. Yes. Yes. Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. 
Yes. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Shirley, for being with us today. And to our listeners, we just want to encourage you, write down your situation, write Mm -hmm. your testimony, or write your prayer request to feedback at globaloutpouring.org so that we can pray for you and we can encourage you because this is life-changing what Shirley has been through, and you can have that same life-changing experience if you haven't already had it. We want to hear about it. If you've already had a situation like this that that you have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony, and if you need prayer, we want to hear from you so that we can pray for you. God bless you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.